Today's show is brought to you by our new sponsor, Cog Network. Cog Network, geared for gain. Cog Network is hedge fund investing evolved. By owning Cog Network tokens, you get exposure to the hedge fund's gains. The hedge fund is comprised of algorithmically traded commodity futures and investment in hard assets related to energy. The first hard asset is partial ownership of a multi-million dollar solar farm that has a crypto mining operation attached. I mean, this is really something that both traditional and crypto investors can come together and participate in. So for traditional investors, they can get exposure to cutting edge blockchain technology in a framework that they're familiar with, a hedge fund, right? And crypto investors can get exposure to an actual security that bears dividends and includes non-crypto assets. So that's super cool. And just for full disclosure, Cog Network is a fully registered and regulated entity qualified by the SEC as a Reg D as well as a Reg S and has a 506C exemption. They've been working with lawmakers since 2017 to get this idea built out in a fully compliant way. Crypt Nation, if you guys are interested in learning more about a tokenized hedge fund, go visit www.cog.network. What's up, good citizens of Crypt Nation? You have Pizza Mind here. I'm running solo today. Bryce is taking care of the Crypto Hedge Fund Summit interviews, which are just beginning today. That's right. We're putting on yet another virtual summit, and they're really taking off like wildfire. We're seeing them pop up all over the place now, and we're really happy to see that this free information is being made available to the masses. So definitely, if you have this is your first time hearing about it, check out CryptoHedgeFundSummit.com. And we also want to thank our sponsors for this episode, eToro and Cog Network. This is a pretty cool episode. Um, we're going to be talking with Will Reeves, the CEO and co-founder of the Fold app. Fold is one of the coolest things going on in crypto right now because they're helping get Bitcoin into the hands of people that otherwise might have no idea how to do it. So, Will, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thanks, Aaron. It's uh, great to be here. I wanted to ask you something non-crypto related before we jump into everything. With everything going on right now with the coronavirus and everyone working from home, um, I know you guys over there at Fold, you guys have always worked as a distributed team. Is that correct? Yeah. So Fold has, you know, from the outset, uh, been working in a remote first capacity. And um, it has been very interesting watch the rest of the world adopt or, or transition to this. Uh, right now. And, um, you know, it is certainly one of those things that's challenging to do even when we're not in a crisis, but when we're in a crisis, it, it provides other challenges too that I imagine a lot of other businesses who weren't remote first are, are now facing. Now, why did you decide to do this from the outset? What were the advantages and disadvantages that you were weighing? You know, we are a, we're a small, a small team uh, that had a, a big vision of what we wanted to accomplish. And it requires having access to the best talent in the world. And, you know, when you have seed funding and you're a small uh, startup to begin with, um, it's hard to compete for the best talent when you're, when you're facing some of the, the larger players. And so it's really it was always very important to us to, number one, uh, make sure that Fold had access to a, uh, a deep talent pool uh, that's global, uh, but also you know, it really aligns with the culture we have here at Fold about um, uh, individual responsibility and freedom and really that work and life uh, need to be uh, mutually beneficial. And we find the best 
mix of that is in a remote context. I've always found that my favorite jobs have been working remote, but I know for a lot of other people that are very extroverted, it's an awful thing to be stuck in the house all day. There's no chance to be social and talk to people face to face and look someone in the eye. Well, what advice would you give to other business owners out there that are listening to this podcast and are trying to adjust to managing people that they can't actually see? They don't know if they're actually working or not. What's some advice you might be able to give? Yeah, I mean, when you're when you go from uh, you know being co-located in, a, in an environment where you can see everyone on your team uh, to suddenly everyone is squirreled away into their own uh, homes, you're trying to still you know execute on the goals that you have, but you can't see them, you don't know what they're doing, and it's it it's got to be a rough transition uh, for many people right now. And you know the way that we have done it is. Number one, you have to attract the right type of people that that are um, seeking a job uh, where they allows them the freedom, but with extreme accountability. And that's really some of the magic of being a remote workforce is that there's a lot of trust involved, and the only way that trust is built is off you know good accountability structures and and good culture. And so, um, you know, if you're if you're worried about people aren't doing their work or that, you know, I think the thing that people normally miss is that it's not just the difference of working in an office versus working at home. There's an entire different value system, culture, and technology stack required to support a remote remote team versus a, a team that's co-located. And so I think we're going to see a lot of collisions with uh, normally co-located teams now going remote and saying, oh, we're not as efficient. We're not as effective. I don't know what everyone's doing. And that is less a uh, symptom of now working remote and more a symptom of just the infrastructure and culture that they have developed up until this point was not geared or fine-tuned towards a remote uh, environment. Um, and so I think getting that right, understanding that it's going to be a hard transition is the, the first thing to do. But you'll also understand is that when you go remote, the social element is that much more important. Even though you're not small talk together in one room, uh, you need to be even more socially aware, empathetic uh, to your 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 teammates' point of view, and so you know you have to lean into the social. Do not allow isolation. Do not allow people to not know what the goal is. And so things like syncing up in the morning, you know, for fifteen twenty minutes as a team, uh, uh, outlining the goals for the day, uh, making sure that when someone has an idea or is running into a problem, it's documented in text. Uh, in your chat so that, you know, people who are not at the desk at that moment can come back, get up to speed and your team can work together. Um, there, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating subject. And, you know, we are constantly fine tuning it ourselves over here at Fold. Very well said. And I think one just thing I want to add to that is you can have just as good efficiency, if not better, when working remote. And the reason for that is simply people don't have to deal with a grueling commute first thing in the morning. They're not rushing out of their house, half made up, trying to wake up while they're driving through traffic to clock in on time. They're going to be a lot more at peace, hopefully, um, despite all the craziness going on, just for not simply having that commute. They get two to four hours of their day back just by working at home. So once the infrastructure is in place, and like you mentioned, the culture is in place, I think you're going to see your bottom line still be just as happy. And I think we're going to see a lot of people decide to stick with remote work or at least allow it on a more regular basis, even after this all passes. 
I, I couldn't agree more. You'll, you people really understanding the, the work life balance, the, the, the value of, of working remote, it's going to be hard to go back. And I think that's going to create a lot of people who are pushing for change in their own companies. Um, and the good thing is, is that companies like fold and a lot of others that have been doing remote for a while have created playbooks have a lot of good, um, support and resource to help guide these other companies to making this transition to, you know, be honest, uh, full, the, the full team, um, would not be as talented, would not be as effective and would not be as happy if it weren't for our remote first culture. Well said. So let's finally dive into the fold app. Give us a high-level overview of what the Fold app is trying to accomplish. So the Fold app is trying to give as many people Bitcoin in the least amount of time. Uh, we are trying to really re, um, remake the onboarding experience into Bitcoin. And the way we've done it is creating a Bitcoin rewards app that gives you cash back in Bitcoin for you know doing the shopping you do every day at Amazon, Uber, Starbucks. And so... Um, the idea here is that uh, Fold believes there are more people interested in shopping and spending than there are speculators uh, who mostly attracted to exchanges. And we are building the product to um, give value and uh, focus on what we consider the longer tail of potential new Bitcoiners. And those are those that don't necessarily want to go through the KYC, don't want to put their hard-earned money um, uh, on the table by buying into Bitcoin to begin with. They don't really understand how to set up a wallet um, and fold removes all of those initial hurdles and allows you to earn Bitcoin in the first 10 minutes after using the app. From there, you can learn about the asset and we help educate you so that um, you can go further and further down the rabbit hole. But really, Fold is all about promoting and accelerating Bitcoin adoption. And you guys are doing a great job at it. Now, if we dive in a little bit deeper, what he's talking about is this is an app that lets you buy gift cards to places that you're going to go every day anyway. Starbucks, uh, Southwest Airlines, you know, all kinds of stuff that people are always using. And you simply go there, you buy the gift card, you pay for it with the gift card, and then you get sats back. Now, there's a lot of other companies that are doing this. Uh, what problems did you see with them that inspired you to make Fold? You know, um, they're in, in, in the space, you know, it, it, we're in the Bitcoin community and, and uh, companies taking on, uh, you know, a project that has to do with Bitcoin. It's important that we all are kind of make doing our own, ex, own, ex, own experiments, executing on our own visions. And uh, we had the first wave of real Bitcoin products and companies come out that were primarily wallets and exchanges. Really, it's how do I hold Bitcoin and how do I get Bitcoin? Um, this new uh, wave that we're seeing that Fold is very much a part of is this, on this earning and alternative ways of, of buying and or earning Bitcoin. And so uh, Fold, along with a few others, uh, saw this as a major opportunity to make it easier for people to get Bitcoin, remove the barriers and, uh, and frictions involved. But you'll see that they all work very differently. And Fold was created very specifically um, in the way it is um, to, to focus on Number one, how can we both uh, create a way for people to earn Bitcoin, but also how do we draw them into deeper into the ecosystem to enjoy all the benefits of Bitcoin? You know, here at Fold, we think Bitcoin is the best reward because it has the flexibility of cash and the upside of a, of a high-performing asset. 
And so Fold supports both of those use cases. You know, you can both earn Bitcoin, you can spend Bitcoin, um, and you can be rewarded for doing both of those. And so, you know, there are other companies that focus purely on, you know, the earning aspect and getting it to you. But Fold really is here to promote and go a little bit further in integrating the idea of the circular economy, uh, connecting these users who are, have their first experience with Bitcoin to all the other things that it can do. Um, and so we really wanted to create a platform about adoption that connects people into how to get it, how to keep it, and how to, how to use it versus others that maybe are just more... Um, uh, just a funnel to get more Bitcoin that just, you know, puts more Bitcoin in your pocket, which is definitely part of our goal. But we also want to go a little bit further. Very well said. I think FoldApp is one of the best onboarding tools for non-technical, non-financial people. I mean, literally anyone can use it and understand it right away. And we all like cash back. And as you mentioned, you know, sats back is even better because it's going to be gaining value over time. But what I want to know is who actually pays out all this Bitcoin and how do they afford it? Is it just coming out of your pocket or who's actually providing the Bitcoin that your users are getting? You know, there's no money trees in Bitcoin, right? Uh, scarce asset. Um, and so, uh, you know, we get all of the Bitcoin and are able to get allow you to earn the Bitcoin because we work with retailers to negotiate um, uh, a discount on all of the spending going through Fold. And then we split that with you, the end user. And so Fold earns a little Bitcoin every time you spend, and so do you. Hmm, okay, so that makes sense. So let's say for like a $25 gift card to Starbucks, it might cost maybe $23, and then we each get like a, a dollar back in Bitcoin, something like that? Yeah, so you're paying, the end user is paying the full price for the card, even though the retailer is giving us a discount on that. And then we take that mm -hmm. discount, um, convert it into Bitcoin and then distribute it to you, giving you a couple dollars out of that and Fold gets a little bit as well. Okay, that makes sense then. Uh, now you've got something new coming out as well. You've got this rewards card, right? How does that work and when can I get my greasy little hands yeah, on we, it? Yeah, we uh, have been working with Visa for a, a, quite a while on this to, to get this announcement out and we're really excited. You know, this, this Visa card is going to earn Bitcoin every time you swipe it. Um, and so this really extends uh, the existing Fold platform. No longer, It's no longer just the, our retail partners. Now it is everywhere you can think about possibly spending at any Visa merchant. And so this really expands the ability for people to earn uh, Bitcoin, but also makes Fold more, more valuable because it's more relevant to you know, more of the daily spending. So we're, we've partnered with them. We're just gonna, we've opened the wait list that anybody can get on right now. Um, and the first release will happen in Q3. Uh, we'll be rolling out these cards to everybody. Wow. So how does it work? Is it like a prepaid Visa debit card that you have to load U.S. dollars on? Or do you convert Bitcoin into dollars and load the Visa card? Great question. What's going on under so the you hood? You spend dollars and you earn Bitcoin. Uh, Visa and uh, Fold, we created um, a, a card program that allows you to spend have the experience of a debit card, ease of use. Uh, you have an attached checking account. You can load it from various other sources um, and combines it with the rewards of a credit card. So our, our debit card is going to give you rewards that are comparable and on par with some of your you know, favorite credit cards that you also use. And so this is really important to fold about you know, creating 
a platform that's open to everyone, right? No credit scar scores uh, required, but also gives you the same benefits of having one. Do you have a friend who's interested in getting into cryptocurrency, but they don't know where to start building their portfolio? Well, we have the answer. It's called Copy Trader by eToro. With Copy Trader, you can automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders, just like myself or Bryce or Kevin, at the exact price point and in real time. No need to study up on markets or develop your own strategies. Simply just sign up and copy our trades. Any profits that we make, you do too. Proportional to your investment, of course. With eToro, you get access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies with transparent trading fees all in one easy-to-use app. Copy the smart money with eToro. Join now at eToro.com slash crypto 101. Thank you. That's really big because there's been people in this industry trying to bring out stuff like this, you know, for four or five years now, and we've seen less success than I can count on one hand. So for you guys to be able to bring this to market is a huge, huge um, advancement and tip of the cap that you guys are doing things the right way. So congratulations on that. Uh, Visa is very, very particular who they work with. So that that's incredible. Uh, what's next on the horizon after that? Like what, what is your like grand vision when you can finally say, ah, the fold app is complete. You know, I, I don't know if we'll ever get there. I wish we could. That means we could take a little bit of a break, but the team is going, is busy already working on the next thing. And really, you know, fold's vision is to become the number one onboarding, um, uh, tool for, for new users. And so this means we we're good. We fully intend to supplant Coinbase and all the other traditional on-ramps. Wow. Because we, we fully believe and the data bears out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are providing a better, more frictionless um, uh, uh, on-ramp than what has ever existed. And so um, what you can expect from Fold is that you know, we are providing a service that gives you free Bitcoin doing the things you do every day in a form that's familiar with it, with this new debit card. And from there, we can connect you to all these other amazing services to um, experience the full breadth of um, 
of being and holding Bitcoin. And so this could be things like, how can we allow you and connect you to somewhere to buy Bitcoin, to uh, hold and store your Bitcoin, um, uh, potentially earn on that Bitcoin. And so we're really now trying to the, the full debit card is really going to be the anchor for a much broader fold experience that provides the same services that you could expect from other incumbent exchanges. But number one is only focused on Bitcoin, has the incentives that is paying you out every time you use it, and has none of the um, high friction points that is are normally associated with exchanges. And so we're excited to provide a new way to be introduced to Bitcoin. Wow, that's phenomenal. Um, deviating a little bit away from Fold again for a minute. I mean, I think we've got the picture of what you're doing there. But there's something we don't talk about too much over here on the Crypto 101 podcast, and that's the Lightning Network. So I wanted to take this opportunity to pick your brain because I know you've got some experience and knowledge about that. Is that correct? Yeah, we are. We've been uh, very active in the Lightning community and uh, have seen a lot of success from it, too. So, yeah, happy to talk about that. Awesome. So first, let's add a, a very, very broad definition. What is the Lightning Network and how is it coming along? What does it do? So the Lightning Network was created to enable instantaneous and low fee transactions using Bitcoin. And so you can think of uh, the Lightning Network as a layer that sits on top of the Bitcoin network, preserves the, the core principles of Bitcoin, so censorship resistance, um, permissionless access, and allows you to access new qualities of it. So instant transactions and low fee, which are impossible on the, uh, on the base chain. And so Lightning Network is really there to open up a far more use cases and utility to the Bitcoin network overall. What it allows is instantaneous you know, transactions in a retail setting, similar to what you'd expect from a credit card. Uh, it allows instant settlements uh, maybe used by exchanges. So you don't have to wait 10 minute block times. Instead, it's instant. And so really, it's supercharging uh, uh, Bitcoin. And Fold has used it and was always interested in it because it's so appropriate for Fold's use case of everyday use and spending. It matches the profile of a credit card transaction would feel like, except it's using Bitcoin um, while or without um, sacrificing any of the important qualities of, of core Bitcoin, which is, you know, some of the things that I mentioned earlier, open to everyone, accessible, um, but also with a high security model. And so Lightning Network is really here to supercharge the layer, enable new use, new use cases, and you'll see in Fold, that's how we uh, transact with our retail partners is, is via the Lightning Network. Wow, that's amazing. So Lightning Network's really starting to get some mass adoption, would you say? Or do you think it's still in its infancy? Um, I, I tend to believe that the despite how much uh, progress has been made in the last year uh, uh, with Lightning alone, I still think we are in the earlier stages. Um, there's great infrastructure being built out. You know, Lightning Network has a different design model. Uh, it has a different... Um, different use cases that really the infrastructure may not have fully been been baked out yet. And so what you're seeing right now was an immediate explosion of lightning um, uh, applications that came out because the core lightning protocol is solid and is ready for a for actual everyday use. Now the 
what's happening is seeing is the on-ramps into Lightning, the services built on top of it are all maturing. And once those mature, the incentives are right, the design is right, that's when you see these networks begin to saturate. And so we've made a ton of progress, but I'm even more excited about the future. Wow, that's incredible. What are some other features that you think uh, are still needed to help Bitcoin move around the world a little bit faster? I know that uh, the collapse of you know our banking system and monetary system around the world right now is really helping Bitcoin become uh, the essential business that it was meant to be. But what else do you see like that, that needs like what's the next step of our infrastructure evolution? So uh, you know, I really think the the main choke points with Bitcoin around the world are primarily uh, around uh, custody uh, and on ramps. And um, the custody part from the likes of uh, Unchained Capital, Casa, has made uh, some incredible strides. So how do you hold and secure Bitcoin, right? There's no concept of a third party holding it for you unless you're using um, you know, an exchange or a custodial wallet, which is not the true way to use Bitcoin. But they're, they're, they serve a function. And so the custodial part, making non-custodial just as easy, just as safe and secure as, as custodial, um, I think is uh, that parity will be reached shortly. And then um, on the, the other side, you have the on-ramps, which to me are the most exciting bu- uh, bit. This is really how do you make it easier for people to move in and out of Bitcoin from their native currency? And there's been some great... Um, uh, progress from uh, people specifically in the Lightning community. Um, you have uh, companies like um, Escher, Wire, Strike, um, and many others that are making this process really se- seamless for people, for consumers and merchants to move in and out of Bitcoin um, very, very simply. And I think that's really important to do uh, because number one, the more we, more on and off ramps we have, the more resistant Bitcoin is at the application layer to any shutdowns, but it also uh, creates more and more ways um, of making it easy to actually get your hands on and off Bitcoin, which has historically not been that easy. Yeah, that's really well said. There's just a few more questions that I wanted to ask you before we let you uh, run off. I was really curious about um, uh, Fold Insights, if you don't mind sharing. Like, Do you see any correlation between downloads and people, you know, saving the sats that they make on fold with the price of Bitcoin? Or is it just, you know, people are really just always holding on to it? Or are they always trying to cash out into cash? What are you seeing in terms of correlations? Yeah, so what, you know, we, really interesting behaviors that we've seen with with fold over the past several months is that people have uh, um, almost begun uh, dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin with their spending. So, um, you know, just as you might say, I want to invest a couple dollars into Bitcoin every day, and you know, that's how I'm going to increase my Bitcoin stash. People say I'm going to use Fold a little bit every day um, and increase my Bitcoin stash there. And so, the cool thing is, is number one, they get to just slowly um, uh, accumulate Bitcoin at prices that um, you know, not during you know highs and lows that aren't emotionally driven, but it's more just. Uh, kind of passively doing it in the background, and we do see on days when a mark, when Bitcoin price goes down, that the the purchases unfold go up, and that's because people see that as cheap sats. So you're fifty, you're you're four percent back in Amazon, 
um, is suddenly worth a lot more in sats than it was the day before when it was on a high. And so we absolutely see people um, start to stack at that point. That's why I love to say is that, you know, true hodlers and Bitcoiners, they don't care if the price goes down or goes up. Both are mutually beneficial for them. Yeah, very well said. Besides what you're doing over there at Fold and the Lightning Network, what's one company you think is going to have the greatest impact on the crypto space? Maybe a strange answer, but I'd say the Federal Reserve. Interesting. Uh, I think as money as that money printer continues to burn, I think we're at the very beginning of it, um, that will begin to create and, and solidify the, the case in a wider audience's minds about money itself and, and that there are different types of money in this world and which one maybe is better or more aligned with their own self-interest. I mean, you saw today there was a big um, opinion piece in Bloomberg that said straight up money is losing its meaning. And it is you, we are going to feel this more and more and the bull case for Bitcoin is actually becoming real. And I don't think there's a better context for Bitcoin to be tested and, and to prove its worth in the current conditions we see. And so I, I uh, believe that the largest driver of that uh, will be the Federal Reserve making that counterpoint to us. That is really interesting. I n- never even thought of that. But you're, you're really right because Bitcoin supply is fixed, as we all know. And when people are printing money, that means the prices are going to go up. We're going to experience inflation. So not only, I mean, we're always wondering, you know, when's Bitcoin going to hit 20,000, 50,000, 100,000? I mean, even if it stays at its current value, I mean, just the cause of inflation in the U.S. dollar can cause the price of Bitcoin to rise. So this is just one other aspect that we didn't even think of. But we do have the halving coming up. Bitcoin has unusually changed its course and its correlation is now sitting with the S&P 500. And for the first time, we've seen news that has nothing to do with crypto. That's macroeconomic. Uh, Like Bitcoin is no longer like its own little side ecosystem. It's now completely integrated with the rest of the world and the economy. And I think that evolution is probably going to be the biggest takeaway of 2020. And that's just something that is just beginning right now. I don't know how long it's going to last, but we had a really amazing conversation with uh, Joshua Frank of the Thai who was um, talking about this sentiment stuff and even the sentiment now. People doing searches and talking on social media, there's now a correlation between Bitcoin and the stock market. So this is really, really a crazy thing that I never thought would happen. You know, you know people start to look at, you know, why is it correlated? You know, it shouldn't be correlated. It's uncorrelated. Or, but wait, it's acting correlated. And the, the part of my response to this is that you know, Bitcoin and the Bitcoin community, we've, we're constantly trying to make our case to the rest of the world, right? This is right. why Bitcoin is great. Yeah, we constantly come up with all these different narratives of why. But at the end of the day, most people who are first hearing about it um, don't get that full picture and they try to fit it into their existing mental models. And so for most people, it's, oh my God, my friend made some money on Bitcoin. I need to get some Bitcoin. Number go up, more people get in. And I also think we'll put Bitcoin in the same mental model as they would stocks as well. And so you start to see people using just like they would a stock, even though it doesn't have to be. And so I think more and more you'll see the, the, the correlation 
start to drift and it will be increasingly uncorrelated. But I think it makes perfect sense that in a time of crisis and unexpected pandemic comes in, that it makes sense that people are number one searching for cash and they're going to get it by selling their stocks, they're selling their Bitcoin, whatever it is to get it. But they'll start to realize the as the as the correlation begins to fade, uh, the true value of, of Bitcoin. And so I think there's a little bit of lack of information amongst the markets and people are, you know, acting and treating assets in maybe ways that it don't, they don't have to be or need to be uh, just because they fit an existing mental model. But I, I truly think that we will, you know, the case for Bitcoin will not be made by Bitcoiners. It will be made by everyone else and what we do with the existing legacy financial system. Yeah, a hundred percent right. Um, and then let's let's move on to uh, just a couple of closing questions now. This has been a great conversation. Will I wish we could talk all day, but we have to uh, get back to work at some point. Uh, who's one person that you admire in the crypto space? Uh, one person I admire. The, I mean, it's, it's there's so many. I I mean, I love the my my ones that I admire, and there's too many accounts of someone specific is the individual person who dedicates time to writing about Bitcoin. Um, you know, not just shouting about it on Twitter, but just like really putting deep thought into it, producing new pieces that add to the canon of, of what, of, of this asset. And so this is, I guess, a shout out to the plebs everywhere who, who, who contribute this great, you know, dearth of content around it that is there to onboard other people. Um, and then I'll go all the way up the stack and I'll say, uh, I, I've, I think that Jack, uh, Jack's, Jack Dorsey's approach to all of this, um, both from his product decisions uh, to his personal decisions and his personal advocacy, I think he is a powerful, powerful force in Bitcoin uh, that should not be underestimated and that, that helps all other companies working in this space. I think it is an incredible signal uh, for the rest of the world. Absolutely. Very, very well said. And then the final question we have for you, Will. If this is the first podcast someone getting into the Bitcoin space heard, what would you want them to know? I want them to know to um, to take it slow, that this process takes a while. You know, when money is perhaps the most fundamental piece of, you know, human relationships and, and interactions that we have, it's the physical manifestation of how we relate to 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 people around us. And questioning that, providing a new model to that is a big deal. It is, it is questioning gravity to some extent. And so um, once Bitcoin, and I think it already has, it is that there is another world that can be here that operates according to different set of physics. That is a big and steep learning curve. And so I say, maintain a curiosity and maintain a value system of what world do you want to live in? And can Bitcoin help you get there? And stay curious about that question because it will be yes and no and yes and no. And finally, you'll find your place at a, you know, down the rabbit hole. But be patient. I think that's great advice. And something that I was thinking of um, recently is people are terrified and absolutely petrified of admitting that they were wrong or that they got taken advantage of. I think that's a big thing that keeps people from getting involved in Bitcoin and being kept in cash is they don't want to feel like they tried something new and then they were a sucker and then they lost. But I think now this, the flip, the script is flipped. 
You know, we all believed in the U.S. dollar, the almighty dollar, the world reserve currency for our whole lives and in 2008. And now again, it's proven that it's going to let us down and the people in charge of it are letting us down. Um, and I feel like it's okay to say that we got burned by the U.S. dollar because now there is an alternative. And Bitcoin is that alternative and safe, sound money that you can build your future upon. And I think there's a lot of people our generation that feel that way. But I just want to say to all our listeners out there, don't worry about your pride. Don't worry about getting hurt. It's okay to take chances and just be curious and learn like Will recommended. And if you don't want to invest any money into it, that's okay because there's the Fold app and you can earn Bitcoin just from doing what you already do. So, Will, thank you so much for your time today. Where can the good citizens of Crypt Nation reach out to you and get the Fold app? So you can go to foldapp.com. You can sign up for the card. You can download Fold, OS, uh, or Play Stores. Get on the list there. And give me a shout out. I'm at WLRVS on Twitter. And uh, let me know if you got any questions. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Will. We look forward to chatting with you next time. Great. It's great to be here.